1: Look, guys, we've got something really exciting for you. We're giving away absolutely free 20 codes for this weekend's open beta for Call of Duty Vanguard. We have 10 PlayStation codes, 5 Xbox and 5 PC codes. To get your hands on one, all you have to do is head to our Twitter at LevelUpPod, like and share the pinned tweet, comment on that tweet, what platform you're playing on, And lastly, go and follow at levelupgamingpc. Codes will be sent out this Wednesday and Thursday, depending on what platform you're playing on, and entries will be valid until the end of Thursday. There'll be more details down in the description of this episode, but for now, Nathan and I wish you luck, and let's start the show. Joining me on Level Up this week, I'm delighted to say, is Lindsay Eckhouse, the Director of Licensing, E-Commerce and Esports at McLaren Racing. Lindsay, really, really glad that you joined me today on the show. Um, How are you doing, first of all?
0: I'm great, Nathan. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here.
1: I'm really excited for you to be here. It's a real pleasure for me to talk to someone from McLaren, a team that I loved ever since I was a little kid and growing up, watching Lewis Hamilton come through at McLaren. And I was there at Silverstone when he won in the rain in 2007. So it's great to speak to someone from the team. Thank you for taking the time to come on.
0: Yeah, of course. We'll have to get you down to the technology center so you can come see don't. the boulevard where all the historic cars are.
1: <laughs> don't don't say that, Lindsay, because I will <laughs> take you up on it. I know you, you might be just saying it because we're live, but honestly, I will take you up on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: you should come down. We can host you. No, All good.
1: But, that'd be really cool. Let's move on to what we're, what we're here to discuss, which is the McLaren Shadow Studio, which you've announced recently. Uh, and that is just such a cool innovation, the launch of that studio. Um, can you just give us an idea of, first of all, what you do at McLaren and just introduce yourself a bit as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as you say, my title is Director of Licensing, E-Commerce, and Esports. What that means is I oversee the licensing side of the business, which is any partner that's utilizing our IP in their channels, on their products, um, or in some way, whether that's content, physical product, experiences. That sort of falls under me, and then on the e-commerce and esports side, e-commerce being a digital product and esports being also a digital product, um, oversee the development of of those sort of verticals within the business. I've only been at McLaren Racing for about three three and a bit months, so still relatively new. But as you said earlier, very exciting brand. Um, I've also been a McLaren fan um, sort of for a while, and. Newer to Formula One, but certainly knew the sort of supercar side of their business. So excited to sink my teeth into everything here.
1: And had you had any experience of esports before before you joined McLaren, or is this your first foray into it?
0: Yeah, so I came from G Two Esports um, before McLaren. So G Two is a multi team esports club based in Berlin. They yeah. compete in some of the biggest esports in the world, like League of Legends, Counter Strike, um, Rocket League they're definitely a top team. And so I learned the majority of what I have um, learned for esports and gaming really from from that experience for two and a half years. Um, And it's exciting to bring that into McLaren in a little bit of a different way.
1: So McLaren obviously launched their Shadow project um, in 2017. Can you just tell me and our audience a bit more about that project and what it's all about? Because some of our listeners might not know what McLaren Shadow is.
0: Yes, definitely. So McLaren Shadow is the name of our sim racing esports team. We were one of the first Formula One teams in 2017 to really lean into the space and recognize the opportunity um, that esports offers, which is it's an incredibly accessible way for people to experience racing when they might not be able to get to a track or might not have Sky Sports to watch it on television So this was our first sort of foray into that. And over the past few years, the team has really built an incredible platform that's very much rooted in sim racing esports. We're at a point now where we're trying to take some of the, I guess, equity and some of that authenticity that the team have built within sim racing esports and pivot that a little bit into a gaming and lifestyle brand and evolve what McLaren Shadow stands for. So the McLaren Shadow Studio, which we just launched, as you said, at the McLaren Technology Center down in Woking, is a really first step to that evolution. So it's sort of this anchor point in the ground where we can say, this is an incredibly important priority for the business. They have a physical space now inside our office, completely dedicated to gaming and esports. And this studio represents that first pivot point. So it is kitted out with sim racing rigs, PCs, consoles, so that people can play all types of different games, not just racing games. But of course, it's an amazing place also to entertain and engage our uh, race team, our esports team, some of our creator ambassadors and gaming ambassadors, and then a place for a lot of our employees and our fans to potentially check out and just have a go on the rig and see what they can do in in the F1 game.
1: And um, what's the long term? project if you like for McLaren Shadow what's the long term goal that the the project has
0: yeah so we're trying to become this very relevant gaming and lifestyle brand and what that means is be more than just esports and really ex- expand into gaming so if you take a step back and look at the overall ecosystem right esports is the competitive side of gaming as as you know um it is an incredibly passionate fast growing sector within the broader gaming ecosystem, but it's still a subsector of gaming. And if you look at eSports more broadly, most businesses within the space are not yet profitable, but fighting their way towards profitability and getting very close. I think there's a couple teams out there that might be profitable at this point that are more endemic, uh, competing in endemic eSports. And then if you look at gaming more broadly, those businesses are all very profitable. It allows Um, those brands to really interact with customers and fans of their product in a very real way. And it sort of blends with culture. And I think for us, as we look at McLaren Racing and what the McLaren brand stands for more broadly, we're more than racing, right? We're this bold brand. We have this amazing heritage in an almost 60-year period that we've been around. We have these brilliant supercars that are driving around Um, that are incredibly cool. And that business has been around for about 10 years. So there's a real role for McLaren to play within culture. And if you look at how gaming has evolved into blending with culture, we have an opportunity to take some of those brand assets I just spoke about and the authenticity already created with McLaren Shadow as a sim racing esport, put those together and start to make a real relevant role for McLaren in broader culture. And that's ultimately the goal is show up in a way that maybe people didn't expect and really use it as a fan engagement tool to bring new people into the McLaren ecosystem.
1: Yeah. And you, you mentioned there about you want McLaren to be a, a brand that that just kind of it's not just a, a, a Formula One team. It's not just a car manufacturer, but it's also a branding game as well. And it does help having someone with the personality of Lando Norris in your team at the moment, who is kind of transcends sport. And, you know, he's got, we saw in this Silverstone a couple of weeks ago, his merch sold out so quickly. He seems to be really, I mean, he's one of my favorite F1 drivers, definitely. And on form, he's one of the the best at the moment in this season. Mm -hmm. He's had such an impressive start. But how Mm -hmm. much does that help having someone Who's so into gaming himself and has a real passion for it? How does that help the brand in, in their future plans as well?
0: That's so helpful and so important. So Lando um is a brilliant ambassador, really, for the esports and gaming side of what we're trying to do. You know, he's been the face of the Logitech McLaren G Challenge, which is another side of our gaming strategy or esports strategy, which really goes out to more amateur sim racing racers and the Broader community to try to engage them, help them understand that they have an opportunity to participate in racing in a different way and potentially test their skills with or against Lando. Um, So he's this amazing ambassador for us. And I think the strength and credibility he's built within gaming himself as a personality beyond just an F1 driver um, lends some credibility to what we're trying to do. So he's in huge support. He was at the sort of launch for the McLaren Shadow Studio with us and was able to sort of do a lap alongside one of our ambassadors, Ben Daly. So you can see how passionate he is about the space and, and that asset cannot be discounted. It's incredibly important to, to what we're trying to do.
1: And what do you make of the growth of esports over the last few years? Do you feel like it's got more mainstream? Obviously, with the pandemic, a lot of people are spending more time indoors and Last year, we had the Not the GP series where no other sports could go on, and the, the Australia race was cancelled, and the, the world was so chaotic at that time. But what we had was these esports events like the Not the GP series and the F1 virtual Grand Prix series with Lando Norris was involved mm-hmm. in, and Ben Daly and James Baldwin, all, all these guys who are with McLaren at the moment. Do you think that that really helped put the esports into more of a mainstream. The fact that it could take the slack from traditional traditional sports when they couldn't they couldn't be played, but esports was there to take up the mantle.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, esports. I always like to describe it and seeing it at G two, my previous company. I think it is. I always positioned it as the biggest thing a lot of people don't know about. Right. Yeah. So in China, in particular. It, millions of people are tuning in day in day out not even week in week out to watch different esports competitions league of legends is, is you know king out there and there's genuine esports bars not sports bars that you can go watch gaming um and i think that's a real indicator of of the growth and the sort of power of esports covid was definitely a time where the western world probably saw esports really rise to the top and Formula One was one of the only, I think, in my um, knowledge, one of the only big rights holders that leaned into that space hard, and they've really benefited from it. So those uh, virtual Grand Prix's that you mentioned performed incredibly well, gave fans um, an opportunity to tune in to different content when we weren't able to go racing in real life, and allowed the drivers, more importantly, to talk to their fans and talk to the community in a whole different way. And that Sort of connectivity and that community feeling that the virtual Grand Prix created allowed esports to really rise to the top of what F1 was doing, and you continue to see them as a rights holder um, go from strength to strength and continue to invest resource and focus in the esports side of their business, and we benefit heavily from that. Um, we are, you know, obviously a racing brand at our core, and sim racing esports is how we started shadow in the first place so that sort of foundation of authenticity is so important for us and we won't let go of that we want to continue to do that um so i think that's an incredibly important piece of it um and and has helped esports become more popular and the great thing is as i appreciate it's still an ongoing battle with covid right but as certain regulations subside and we start to quote unquote get back to normal although that Varies depending on where you are. Um, esports hasn't lost its momentum. We continue to see bigger numbers in terms of viewership across all of these broadcasts. So it demonstrates that yes, we were a brilliant replacement at the time, but we're st- we're continuing to keep audiences even when real sport is back on. And so that's a really important step into quote unquote mainstream and keeping audiences engaged in in what we're offering.
1: You mentioned authenticity there, and I thought that was really interesting because that's the magic of esports—not just esports, but gaming as a whole, isn't it? I mean, we saw last year Lando, Lando Norris, George Russell, Alex Albon, Charles Leclerc—all all streaming Formula One games, playing other games like Four Guys. That and just watching, watching them all have fun and they reconnecting. That obviously they're childhood friends, but that being involved in Formula One, you don't get much time normally to to mm-hmm. play games and stuff. But just seeing how they are together and just messing about and having a good time it was just so good to see the real the real person behind the the helmet if you like and i think that's where esports has a massive advantage over traditional sports like football and formula 1 even where you know the media access is so restricted for obvious reasons but esports just and gaming as a whole gives fans a chance to get so much closer to these these idols of theirs
0: completely and the other piece right is A lot of these drivers or these esports pros, they grow up streaming and gaming and the streaming side of it, they're engaging with their fan base from a very young age. So they're incredible at knowing how to communicate with that audience, how to engage that community on a relatively regular basis to keep them sweet, keep them interested and make sure that they're delivering content that they like. And it is, it has to be authentic. Otherwise the audience Almost will revolt against the content and completely bail on it. Um, that's certainly something that I've learned is authenticity is so so important in this space, and that is why McLaren Shadow will continue to be rooted in sim racing esports, even as we look to pivot into broader gaming and and culture. But um, it, it is a demonstration of I think what esports can offer that's really quite different than traditional sports is that direct connection and access really to the stars that
1: play these games yeah i mean just lando the more you can get him on camera the better really because he's (laughs) just so his, his personality just shines and he doesn't even it's just like a natural thing for him isn't it it's that's him all over and you can see that with the f1 broadcast you know when he's getting interviewed or um even in serious situations he's just so good to to have on camera and you know when the virtual grand prix was on and he kept disconnecting and had Lando bot racing through him and he was like cheering him <laughs> on. It just you can't you can't script those moments. It just it must be brilliant for McLaren to watch that and and just see all the all the interaction with the fan base and just how excited that and it leaves some more fans a more diverse audience as well.
0: Completely. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, you mentioned Silverstone and the merchandise that we had there earlier. You know, the truth is we sold out of Merchandise quite early. And a lot of the um, skews that we had at Silverstone were for women. And many people wouldn't expect so many Lando fans to be female. And actually, he has a relatively even split between male and female audiences. And that's brilliant. But I'm biased, of course. But I think the McLaren racing driver pairing is pretty spectacular because we also have Daniel, who is brilliant in terms of engaging with his audience. Um, And he's not as into gaming, but he's still a great asset for us so between the two we have this brilliant opportunity to just really bring our fans closer into them the family so to speak because our drivers are charismatic engaging and want to talk to their fans and that's that's so helpful
1: yeah I definitely agree with you on that Daniel and Lando's as a pairing is pretty special and yeah. I think we've, we've seen that this season I think Daniel's struggled a little bit at the start but I think you can see that he's starting to get to grips with the car and he should be up on the podium with Lando at some point, you'd hope as well. Uh, Hopefully just,
0: turning a corner. Exactly. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, But it just shows how, how talented Lando is that, you know, there's a, a Grand Prix, multiple Grand Prix winner in the team with Lando and Lando is, is just showing how, how talented he is. And it's, it, people take it for granted now, like in his first season, People right. just talked to him as, a, oh, this is amazing. But then now people expect him to finish on the podium <laughs> and fourth and fifth. And you just sit back and think this is amazing for someone so young to be achieving so much already.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, he's 21 years old, so he's got a hell of a career in front of him. And I'm just happy he's driving for McLaren.
1: Absolutely. Sorry, I went off topic there because I'm just so passionate about <laughs> Formula one. So I just thought I'd get that in. But um, there was a note here. I just thought it was interesting what you said. Why do you think esports keeps its audience more engaged than traditional sports?
0: Yeah, I think it goes back to that that accessibility element, right? So most of the stars, let's call them in esports, grow up streaming and gaming um, and being part of this very tight-knit community who are vocal, who are online all the time, who are used to chat against the stream so that they're able to engage with, with what's happening. Um, and that translates into really all... Digital touch points and touch points that the sort of esports environment offers. So it is just born that way, I think, is part of it because it was really started by the community. So you do see bigger engagement rates and bigger engagement across it. Um, you know, at, at G2 Esports, they, they would um, tout 15% engagement rates across their social channels, which was true. I mean, it was unbelievable how engaged that fan is. And at McLaren, in McLaren Shadow, we see very similar engagement rates across our channels. So it's the same sort of thing. And it goes back to that community is so critical to everything that you're doing. And therefore, what we try to put out there as McLaren Shadow has to be value add, has to be interesting for them, and has to be very true to what we're offering. Um, Otherwise, right, that community starts to bail on you. And as we're just starting to grow this McLaren Shadow brand within gaming and lifestyle that's that's a hugely important strand that will continue to carry forward.
1: Yeah, we we've talked about it already but how esports has launched itself into the mainstream but you said before McLaren launched this shadow brand in 2017 and esports has been around for 30 40 years. This mm-hmm. isn't a new thing. This has been growing for a while and I I love the the phrase that you said about it's you know the biggest thing that people don't know about and that's pretty much my life, you know, to speak to <laughs> you know, people in my family, the older generation, you know, they don't really understand that. But in terms of in the younger demographics, it's it's just getting so much bigger. But what do you think esports needs to do to make it itself even more mainstream? And do you think the sky's the limit for the industry?
0: I, I do think, you know, there's huge potential in the industry. I think there's a level of demystification, perhaps that needs to happen around esports. and And that has to do with uh, you know, a lot of people think the esports athlete or pro has never left their basement, sits in front of their computer all day every day, um, eats pizza the whole time. The truth is, you know, they are regular human beings like everyone on this call, right? They are incredibly um, interested in things outside of just gaming. Uh, certainly, our pro drivers are are big fans of of real life racing and. And some some of them aspire to be real-life racers themselves. Um, And I think demystifying some of those preconceived notions will help esports continue to to become more mainstream. And then beyond that, it's really a matter of, you know, share of time. How, How do you compete as an esports proposition, not just against other esports, but also against sports, against movies, against music, really just free time? And one of the things that I think is really exciting about McLaren Shadow and this sort of evolution that we're going through is we're able to offer both that really big fan of sim racing or racing something, but we're also able to offer that person that's just getting into maybe drive to survive and spends a lot of their time listening to music and with their mates at at pubs or whatever. We can offer them some content that's more fun, lighthearted, and light touch, but touches still the racing side. So it brings fans in in a very different way. I think those types of avenues will really help the whole ecosystem grow.
1: Where do you stand on the the debate between is esports sport? Is it its own vertical? Does it does it have a disadvantage where you, when you do put it against traditional sports because? for example a football if you're looking at a sport like a sport like fifa for example it's never going to reach the the level of football so is it a different vertical is it is it mm-hmm. its own thing is it more entertainment where do, where do you stand on that
0: so it, my opinion on this is it is entertainment sport is entertainment at the end of the day so they are one and the same so actually why does it matter right and and i would also say the dedication required to be an expert at your craft, whatever that craft is, there is a level of sportsmanship in that. There is a level of dedication required, training and practice required. Um, And just because it's virtual on a video game versus in real life at a track or on a football pitch, I don't really think that matters. It's still, you're watching the best of the best and that's why it's compelling and exciting. That's why I more look at it in that sense, I guess, versus anything
1: else no well said I think that's that's exactly what I say to people when they say, "Well, why do you want to watch people playing the game against each other and to say you want to watch people at the top of their game who, who are who absolutely you know among the best in the world at what they do? That's why we watch Formula One, that's why we watch football that's that that's exactly what it's entertainment. It's entertaining to see two talented or more than two people talented people going at against each other that's the whole that's the whole entertainment piece
0: exactly yeah
1: yeah um and i think sim racing and and f1 esports has a a very unique advantage to other esports in that if you look at football for example um the professional esports players although they're incredibly talented they're not actually kicking a football around a pitch whereas in sim racing you actually are doing the movements. You are mm-hmm. doing the same movements that you would do in a in a car or a Formula One car, for example. But you're just not getting the G forces and everything. Do you think that as Do you think F1 esports and McLaren Shadow have that as an advantage that it's so accessible for people that they think actually I can do what Lando's doing. I can do the same type of movements. Is that is that an advantage for you?
0: Yeah and that's a that's a huge pull for us to focus on on the sim racing side and continue to to invest there so we have the McLaren Shadow Academy as well as the Logitech McLaren G Challenge that, that really focus on this hypothesis of okay if you are a brilliant sim racer does that translate to real life racing at track and there are examples where it actually has worked and what Academy allows us to do as well is really engage a broader, um, more diverse group of people to engage in sim racing and sort of test their skills. And potentially that feeds into our overall McLaren racing feeder system, right, to see if they can prove it in real life. Um, so that accessibility point, I think, is, is really important in sim, in sim racing. And that's what is one of the biggest differences with other real life. I guess sport game, esports. You know, when I when I think of esports more broadly and why something like League of Legends, one of the most popular esports in the world, it's because that can't be done in real life. You cannot watch people, you know, in the rift in real life. It's not <laughs> yeah. a thing. Um, and in traditional sports, would you rather watch the video game or the real life sport? In most cases, the real life sport. But with sim racing, because it is such an equitable experience when you're driving. And because actually the graphics are pretty spectacular, and when you're watching it, it looks very realistic. I think there's more, uh, more of a compelling offer there for the fan, and that to me is is so interesting and exciting about the about the project.
1: Absolutely, you mentioned there about it working before. James Baldwin is the the example I always talk about. Won the world's fastest game of competition. Won a GT3 McLaren drive um, mm-hmm. in the championship. Won a couple of races. Got it on pole a couple of times, and he, he told us, he was on a previous episode, he told us that people in the paddock were saying, can you just move out of my way when I lap you, please? And then he, he absolutely, he just proved that, you know, if you've got that raw talent, there's so, there's so many barriers to entry in traditional sports and Formula mm-hmm. One is one of them. And We see Lewis Hamilton talk all the time about the barriers yeah. to entry, about how expensive it is. Just on that final question from me, how far are we away, do you think, or will we ever see a McLaren shadow driver be promoted to the F1 team?
0: Oh, that's a, that's a very good question. As I say, we're testing the hypothesis a little <laughs> bit more regular, rigorously right now. So yeah. I don't know how far away we are. I can't answer that. But what I can say is it is a very real thing we're looking at. And the exciting part really about, about the whole proposition here is that accessibility element from you as a fan living wherever you are in the world and wanting to be in a car at a track, but you can't get there you can do that through sim racing and through video games. And like that type of transportation into the real life or transplantation, I guess, into the real life experience is an amazing fan engagement tool. And it's why I think we're so excited about it. But, you know, let's stay tuned, watch the space in terms of the pros actually getting out onto the track.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the guys that I've I've been watching over the last 12 months, their, their talent is incredible. And James even argued that potentially... It's actually more difficult because you don't have that fear of like crashing in sim racing and you, you have to kind of hold yourself back and, and make put yourself in the mental mindset of thinking, OK, if I do crash, it is going to be a crash rather than, you know, just having to reset the game or whatever. So there's yeah. loads of different arguments for it. But what is there's no argument that this is such an exciting venture and such an exciting industry. And it's great to see someone like McLaren, the historic brand get involved in esports so heavily so wish you all the best with it and i'll definitely keep an eye on it for the future and please put lando on streams more and you know get him in front of the fans because i can't get enough of him
0: i'll see what i can do thank you so much for having me